email CFO Network, the podcast. Hello and a warm welcome to everyone out there joining us today on our first podcast of the Female CFO Network. My name is Beate Jekle. I'm working for Siemens Energy and I have the pleasure to be your host today. This episode is a very special one because it marks the first one out of a series of the Female CFO Network. Today and in the upcoming sessions, we are getting valuable insights from female leaders on their companies listed in DAX and MDAX. Deutsche Post DHL Group operates in 220 countries worldwide. It is the 11th largest private employer globally and has a diverse team of around 570,000 people. I'm honored to welcome Melanie Kreis, CFO of Deutsche Post DHL Group, one of the world's largest logistic companies. Welcome, Melanie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you uh, for the nice welcome, Beate, and thank you for being our host today. And to all of you out there, thank you very much uh, for joining us today for the first female CFO podcast. Melanie, you became CFO of Deutsche Post DHL Group in October 2016, and you are the only woman on its executive board. Can you provide us some insights on your career path? If you had asked me um, some 30 plus years ago when I was finishing high school, whether I wanted to become a CFO or a CFO of a logistics company, I would have said never ever. Because at that point in time, I actually wanted to become a physicist and spent my life in research. And um, yeah, that's actually how I started after school. I got a degree in physics. But then I realized that I wasn't made for a life in science. It was somehow not interactive enough, not enough human interaction. And so I somehow ended up in the world of consulting because a friend of mine actually started working for a consultancy. And that opened the door for me to the world of business. Um, I got an MBA. I later on worked in a private equity company. And that is when I began drifting towards finance. Um, I worked on M&A projects and I really enjoyed that uh, quite a lot. That is also how I ended up with Deutsche Post DHL. I started here in 2004 looking after international M&A projects. And then later at a point in time, I guess when I also ended up having children, I decided that I didn't want to do just pure M&A project work. I wanted a solid job. And that is how I finally ended up in finance. I became the head of uh, group controlling. And from then on, it was a pure finance career, more or less. How difficult, Melanie, was it for you to get to where you are today as a woman? I have to admit, for a very long time, I never actually thought about it. I just did it. I went to an all-girls school and I then studied physics. So I went from 100% female in the school to something like 10 to 15% at university. Somehow, the first time I really started thinking about it was when I began thinking about having a family. Because that was for me the point in time when there was a real difference. Um, there weren't many role models. Uh, so in private equity, there were no role models at all of women who were successful and had a family. And I think that was the time when I became much more aware of the fact that there was still some significant room for improvement. One of the important elements for me was always that we have to give younger women the inspiration that it is possible to have a career With children, without children, that's everyone's personal choice. Um, but I think we have come a long way over the last 20 years also in finance. 
This is fantastic. With your position, Melanie, you are a role model, as you just mentioned. What is your call for action to all those ones out there based on your experience? My piece of advice to younger colleagues, male and female, is always have a idea in which direction you want to move based on what you really enjoy, because that tends to be also where you're good at. But don't be kind of like too locked into that path. So when opportunities come your way, be ready to jump. I jumped from physics into consulting. I jumped from consulting into private equity. I jumped from a small private equity firm to a large German corporate. I could tell that as a story now, which makes perfect logical sense. And it sounds as if it's all planned. But in reality, I had a vague idea where I wanted to go. And then when opportunities came up, I was ready to jump. And I think that is then the point where I typically say to a younger female talent, have confidence in yourself, just do it. Because as we all know, there's a lot of research proving that women tend to be more self-critical and they see more the elements for the new job, which they still have to learn and not how much they already bring to the table. So be bold, um, have the courage uh, to try new things and have confidence in your own abilities. Absolutely would agree. Let's now take a look on the other way around, yeah? because I think we have to get some more insights into your life, because Forbes ranks you among the 100 most influential women. Handelsblatt named you once Germany's role model manager. The finance magazine awarded you the CFO of the year 2021, all to your great reliability and to your strategic foresight and the ability to respond to the financial market so precisely. What was the best career advice you have ever got? This advice, which I'm also now given to younger colleagues, if there is an opportunity, just be bold enough to try new things. I think that is something where my parents always encouraged me. Um, yeah, just try it. If it doesn't work, it's not the end of the world. Then you do something else. So mm -hmm. having this mental openness, curiosity, just uh, go and explore uncharted territory. Can you elaborate a little bit on how important networks were for you along your way? Being an introvert German physicist, I'm probably not the born networker. That was in a different context for me quite visible when I changed from physics to consulting, right? In physics, communication is probably not the most important thing. If you have great data um, from your um, uh, experiments, uh, you don't have to say anything. You just show the data to your colleague and they understand. So when I joined um, the business world and consulting, I all of a sudden realized uh, that it is important to communicate, to tell a story, um, to uh, get followership if you want to push through an idea. And that it's also super important um, to be connected to other people, to gain insight, to have sparing partners, to be able to ask for advice in specific uh, situations. And something which was for me always very important in my personal life, having a good network of friends who calibrate me, who ground me, on whom I can rely in all circumstances, I began to realize that this is equally important in the world of business. I think I'm probably still more of a selective networker because time is for me the most precious good. I don't want to have the largest network, but I want to have a high quality network of people with whom I can really also have challenging, content-driven, controversial uh, discussions and where I know that I will get an open answer and honest feedback. 
is one of those network, the female CFO networks. Definitely. And uh, I think it was really fantastic when Maria from Siemens Energy um, reached out uh, last year to start this network. When I was appointed um, as a CFO uh, here at uh, Deutsche Post DHL Group, I was actually the only female CFO in the DAX. Um, Simone Menne, who had been uh, the CFO of Lufthansa, had just moved on. It was very lonely. It's now fantastic to see how many of us um, there are already in the DAX, in the MDAX, uh, in private uh, companies. Um, so we have now the point where there is critical mass. And I was really happy when we decided to come together to start the female CFO network. Let's look a little bit more on the goals of the network. I mean, why is it? What is the vision of the network? It starts with the simple fact that we are not alone out there anymore, but there's mm -hmm. many of us, uh, which yeah. I think is already a strong message in itself. Yeah. Secondly, we, of course, want to exchange on relevant content topics, like, for example, what is each of us doing uh, to increase the share of women uh, in their respective finance organizations, what works, what doesn't work. We also have discussion on content topics which are relevant uh, from the content perspective for CFOs. But I think for me, probably one of the most important things is to show our teams that pretty much everything is possible in finance for female talent. So mm -hmm. when we look at um, uh, the great colleagues we have in uh, our respective finance organizations, I have a great uh, head of corporate finance. One of my divisions uh, has a female um, a CFO. In other companies, uh, the head of tax is a female. We have a lot of inspiration because across the network, pretty much every relevant finance uh, role, we have female role models. But that is not well known. So one important element, and that is also why we're doing this podcast, is show that you're not alone out there. Show that a career in finance is possible, whether you want to be a tax expert um, or a general controller, whether you want to work uh, in the head office or in a country or regional organization. There are role models out there. And for me, the dream is um, to take the connection which we are now forming on the CFO level further down into the organization so that we can all learn from each other, get inspired by each other and feel that we're not alone. So leadership and development platforms are one big part of it, as you just explained. There is also another great benefit of it. This is really the best practice sharing groups, which enables people within your organization to exchange on certain topics. There is already one going on on inclusion and diversity, right? Mm -hmm. As I said, so we want to learn from each other um, uh, what are best practices uh, in different areas uh, because I'm a huge fan of copying with pride. So <laughs> if somebody else has a fantastic <laughs> recipe, please hand it over and I'm very happy to uh, follow the instructions and do the same here. And I think that's how we all feel about it. Um, yeah, so really exchange notes um, and in that way also push the connection further down into the organization by establishing those best practices 
practice groups, which then gives the next level in our organization the opportunity uh, to connect across companies, across uh, sectors. Um, and uh, I think that is also going to drive uh, the benefits through this personal connection. Absolutely. Then there is one goal of the female CFO network, which really inspired me personally, that is to drive positive change. What does that mean for you personally? And how actually, Melanie, do you cope and navigate with this fast changing environment today? We have um, here at Deutsche Post DHL Group um, six um, leadership attributes. And one of uh, those leadership attributes is being positive about uncertainty and change. And I think this is probably today one of the most important attributes uh, we need as leaders. The world is um, changing rapidly, as we all know, um, as we have particularly experienced over the last two years under COVID. The speed of um, uh, digitalization, all the new uh, requirements coming from sustainability, volatility on the hard um, uh, business side, that forces all of us uh, to uh, become much more agile and also to give ourselves goals uh, which we are willing to adjust over time. So for me, thinking about the female network, I think it is a good opportunity to challenge each other on the speed with which we are embracing change because you see how quickly others are moving and that is then also a motivation for yourself um, to move faster. One additional element, which I think being a CFO is for me always important um, in changes, you still need quantifiable goals. We're not doing change um, for the pleasure of change, uh, but because we want to achieve certain outcomes. The clearer we are in what the outcomes are, the clearer the KPIs are, which we define to track those goals, the better we will be able to assess whether we are moving fast enough, whether we're achieving the goals or not. So very simplistically, um, and I know that this is not the most creative KPI, We are simply measuring the share of women in management in the finance organization uh, here at DPDHL. We are now um, solidly above 30%. So the next goal is to now get to 35%. We have concrete measures how to get there. So agile and fast change, but with clear tracking on whether we are making progress the way we should. Fantastic to have it really incorporated in the goals. You mentioned two very important things if we look on what is happening at the moment, that is ESG and sustainability. Deutsche Post DHL Group will invest 7 billion until 2030 in clean operations, CAPEX and OPEX, to reduce emissions. It entered ESG targets in the corporate board incentivization. Melanie, you personally have added the topic of sustainability to the annual report. How important is sustainability and resilient business models to you and how do you see the role of finance in it? Great question. How much time do we have? Uh, because I think that's a topic we could discuss uh, for hours. Maybe starting with the end, finance has a super important role to play in the whole area of sustainability because again, coming back to what we talked about before, change, If you are serious about something, you have to track it, you have to um, have KPIs, um, you have to give yourself targets. That is something where, of course, we as finance organizations are uniquely positioned. For our company, uh, we have to consolidate numbers uh, across five operating businesses in 220 countries and territories. 
Only finance is able to do that for financial KPIs. So we also are now reporting all ESG, all non-financial KPIs through our finance systems. Of course, the source systems are quite often HR or ops or whatever, but ultimately in order to ensure quality, finance is the owner. And that allows us to then set aspirational goals. And for us, probably the toughest and most aspirational goal is that in line with the science-based target initiative, we want to reduce our absolute CO2 emissions until 2030. Given that we are a growing business, this is quite a big challenge. And hence, we have said that we want to invest 7 billion euros. Our biggest problem is our um, CO2 footprint uh, from the aviation area where fast decarbonization is not easy. Um, that's where the majority of the money is going. When we came up with those goals, there was a big debate. Can we, as a publicly listed company, come out with a scary number like 7 billion euros? Are our investors going to freak um, when we tell them that it is going to cost so much? I always felt it's better to be honest and transparent and to tell them that it's not coming for free, but that in the bigger picture, in a 10-year context, that is a manageable order of magnitude. And I think that's also the feedback we are now getting. It's better to commit serious money to it because only then uh, the whole thing gets credible and to be open and transparent about it. Absolutely. Fantastic insight. Thank you very much for explaining the process a little bit more to us. I would like to touch base on one additional topic, if you allow, Melanie, that is digital transformation within the company. So it is quite interesting to see what kind of initiatives are out there yeah, within the different companies, but then as well within third-party organizations and initiatives and so on and so forth. How do you prepare DHL for this And what kind of initiatives do you have within your company? What we decided was that um, we need a couple of larger centrally driven uh, projects. Um, so, for example, in the area of finance, we are currently upgrading our ERP system. That is, of course, nothing you can do freestyle, um, but you have to do that as a big and uh, coordinated uh, project. But we also um, wanted to send in other areas um, the signal into the organization, go out there, be bold, experiment and try stuff, which really worked extremely well. So we have um, a lot of small initiatives in countries and divisions. The downside to that is then you have to find a way to bring it together eventually. Um, so um, in the first phase, we really encouraged people freestyle, go out and experiment. When we then saw that there is a certain element um, like uh, robotics process automation uh, three, four years ago, which was popping up in different um, uh, places, we then went into a more structured um, bringing it back together process where we decided on, okay, what are the providers we want to work with? What is best practice? So I think it's finding the right balance between coordination and central steering And allowing things to come up where a problem is in a country and they come up with an idea how to solve it. And that is something you can't fully steer in a controller, old-fashioned, centralistic way. And that was, I think, also culturally a big learning experience. Um, so finding the right uh, balance. Um, I think it's, again, something where, yeah, you just have to keep calibrating um, and reassessing every day. 
And iterating, exactly. Yeah. Iterating, exactly, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Thank you very much, Melanie. Unfortunately, we are already approaching the end of our first episode. Is there anything else you would like to convey to our listeners? Yeah, first of all, thanks a lot uh, to you, Beate, um, for taking us uh, through this first podcast. And to all of you out there, if you're still listening, uh, thank you for um, staying with us uh, till the end of this first podcast. I hope that we gave you a little bit of a flavor that um, there is a lot of opportunity uh, out there for female talent uh, in finance. You are not alone. The opportunities are there. Get ready um, to jump uh, and to try new things. And uh, we will now show you with the upcoming podcast many more examples of uh, uh, great uh, colleagues, um, uh, great female leaders in different finance organizations. Uh, and I do hope that this will inspire you to pursue your career and uh, make further progress um, in finance. It definitely does, Melanie. Thank you so much. It was great fun doing this session with you. Thank you for allowing me to throw those questions at you. It has been a pleasure having you here today in our first podcast of the Female CFO Network. We are already looking forward to our next podcast with Maria Ferraro, CFO and CIDO of Siemens Energy. Stay tuned, take care and stay healthy. Female CFO Network, the podcast.